Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson in what is the Christmas season, Pastor Steve. <laughs> yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. And welcome back. You took a little break. Just a you, little break. Just to kind of go and break. get your navigation going with your uh, with your church. And how's it going with River? Uh, River Community Church is is doing wonderful. God's given us some open doors in our, in our neighborhood, like the neighborhood that we meet. Uh, we partnered with an elementary school to provide turkeys for Thanksgiving. We're doing a winter boot for kids drive right now at the church to get brand new pairs of winter boots for oh, nice. kids whose families are struggling. And they've been a identified by the school and so we're just giving the school the gift and then the, mm. the school decides where it goes from there and it's really just been neat to That's see awesome. our congregation energized by outreach and i know you know being with you at redemption hill it's the same way it's it's yeah. amazing how people are energized yeah. yeah to get outside of the four walls of the yeah. church yeah well while you were gone um we had uh, we had a, a two-part discussion with one of our Pastors wives at Redemption Hill, Leanne Pangra, yeah, who fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Um, who was a teenager, um, you know, chose to end her pregnancy and just um what, what that looked like both then and, and the aftermath and how mm. God used it. And so, um, for our listeners, if you if you missed that, we encourage you to go on to Shouts of Grace Radio dot com and you can pick up those last two episodes um and and get caught up with where we're at and, and where Absolutely. are we, Keith? We are at the Christmas season. We're gonna talk about the advent. Yeah. The yeah. Advent. What is the Advent? What is this uh, season? You know, there's a lot of um, more traditional observations of Christmas where this, this the terminology and and the, the different traditions around Advent are more familiar where for some, even like myself, growing up in probably less of a traditional church background, you know, when you think of Advent, you typically think of uh, Presbyterians and Lutherans. Right. Something more liturgical. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. when you think of Christmas, well, you think of Christians. And right. it's like, how <laughs> dumb is that? For, you know, and I'm not saying Presbyterians and Lutherans aren't Christians. Yeah. That's not what I'm right. saying. I'm saying as a Christian, like you come into different seasons of life where you go, Advent, where's this been all my life? Yeah. Like yeah. the whole, you get it now, like for a child looking forward to Christmas, there's this expectation. There's yes. this, you know, there's these, there's these promises and illusions of promises and you know you wrap the whole you know commercialized christmas traditions into that and we need something like advent yeah. to remind us of why this season matters because it's not just about jesus coming as a baby that's right to bethlehem it's actually the ongoing expectation that's right of the believer that's right that jesus came God was faithful, kept his promises about Jesus's first coming, and we get to reap the benefits of Jesus's coming. We we can believe in him and be saved um, by grace, and um, and now we get to look ahead. He's coming back. So we're <laughs> going like to talk that. about that, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and you know, too, is about Advent is I, I didn't grow up in a super traditional, um, you know, church, and so and so really Advent was kind of a foreign thing to me. Um, you know, and then just recently I've started to kind of rub elbows with, 
with uh, with people that I respect, you know, Protestant denominations that I respect that actually celebrate it. And, and you know, the history of Advent really has changed over the years right. as well. You know, when it first started around the fourth century, um, you know, it, it's changed quite a bit around the sixth century, I think, is when the Christians in Rome started putting a real emphasis on the second <clears throat> Advent. And so right. it really was that. And then around the Middle Ages is when is when the church kind of added in, well, let's let's combine it all. Let's look back and let's look forward. And right. so and so now, you know, um, ev- even among some of the some of the less traditional liturgical uh, denominations, people are, are, are celebrating a form of Advent. And, and to your point, Keith, I think what it is, is with the commercialization of Christmas and really the, the pressing out of Jesus out of, out of this season, it is a good thing for us to stop and, and to, and to wait and to remember hmm. the things that are important. And so hmm. Advent typically will start the last Sunday or the first Sunday, just depending on how the calendar falls, the last Sunday in November, the first Sunday in, in, um, in December. And then it runs through, um, through Christmas. Right. Um, and, and, and on the, on the, on the liturgical calendar, if you will, if people aren't familiar with the church calendar, Advent really kind of takes off in the, in the first the first season of the of of the calendar, if you will, and then mm-hmm. it kind of moves in uh, to a to a common time, then to Lent, then to Easter, and then right. to Pentecost, and then to that common time again. And so, it really is a great time to stop and think about all that happened in the first Advent, and yeah. look forward to all that's going to happen in the second. And that's what we're going to do on this uh, show, as well as the next three. So, really, for the yeah. whole month of December, um, from this point forward, we're going to be looking at Advent. Answering a few questions. Who is Advent all about? Uh, why Advent is important? Why who came? <laughs> okay, we're talking about Jesus, in case you, you picked up on that. And then uh, towards the end of the month, we're going to talk about the second coming. Again, the who and why. Because just as Pastor Steve said, like there is a looking back and a looking forward. It, it, it's like it's like communion, right? Communion, mm-hmm. we're to look back at the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us, and we're to celebrate that until he comes, right? We celebrate his death until he comes. It's looking forward. And the Christmas season is, is really, historically, is the same thing for us. We get to look back at Jesus' coming, why he came, what that means for our life in the present, and then to live with expectation that he's coming back. So without any... You know, further introduction, let's go ahead and jump right into uh, our first question for today's broadcast. Who is Advent about? Hmm. And uh, we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. And so if you're listening to this and you're driving, just listen. Um, Don't turn in your Bible uh, while you're (laughs) driving. But uh, in um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says here, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That is a powerful and familiar text. You know, we we quote this during the Christmas season, and when you look at the implications of this, you can see at the time of Jesus's first advent, the culture, the Jewish culture in particular, as they're looking at the prophecies of Isaiah and looking 
at all the prophecies of the uh, of the old te- of what we call the Old Testament, they were expecting somebody to come and depose Rome. Mm. They were coming because Rome had deposed their their own ability to govern themselves, and they were now subject to a foreign occupying government and empire. You know, the the peace of Rome was the Rome of of force. It was the the Rome of the uh, the peace of the sword. And so they were looking for a deliverer. They were crying out. And this is a scripture that they were looking forward to. They were looking forward to the fact that of his government, mm. uh, there would be no end, that he would come and, and the throne of David would be restored. And this was an expectation of their time. So, so Pastor Steve, as we look at this scripture, I, here's what I see. I actually see second coming implications. Yeah. So, so what does that mean when, when, when this, this passage was actually expected to be fulfilled during the time that Jesus came. Right. So, so, so you're right, but there are two things that, that are mentioned here in, in verse six, just in the first half of verse six, you have, you have the first advent and because here's, here's how he says it for unto us, a child is born. Mm. Okay. Unto us, a son is given. If you stop right there, that right there is talking about the first advent and it's talking about who came specifically the nature of the one who came. And it talks about a child being born, a humanity in, of, of Christ's humanity and a son that is given of Christ's deity in Galatians four, four, it says in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law. And so, so you have there Paul kind of saddling up on this prophecy and saying, look, all the way back, when you go back to whatever it was, what, 730 B.C., when Isaiah right. prophesied, Isaiah looks forward to this time when when this king, who would eventually have the governments placed on his shoulder, would actually enter time and space. And so for the listeners, when we talk about Advent, we don't just talk about the manger. We talk about the point at which a child was born and a son was given until the time when he died on the cross and resurrected and then ascended in Acts chapter one. And the angel said, this Jesus whom you see leave will come back in the same way. There's there's your bookmarks for the first mm. advent and all that takes place. But here's what's important. A child is born, the humanity of Christ and the son is given, speaking about his preexistence or the deity. Now, here's what is fascinating about this, Keith. If you go into the book of Hebrews, we are given, in Hebrews chapter 1, we are given some snapshots, some sound bites into this amazing relationship between the Father and the Son. It's almost like God lets us eavesdrop on this conversation. Here's what is said, and I just find this fascinating. The Father speaking to the Son in verse 5 of Hebrews 1, For to which of his angels did God ever say, You are my Son, today I have begotten you, or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Let all the angels of God worship him. In verse 8, he says, Your throne, the father says to the son, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. Verse 10, and the Lord laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And he said, you, Lord, have laid the foundation of the beginning 
um, when the heavens were the work of your hands. And so you see this, you see this communication where the father is communicating to the son, hmm. your throne, O God, let all the angels worship you. I mean, th- this is, this is, this is just fascinating. Yeah, and is. then you go to Hebrews 10 and the son responds and he says, sacrifices and offerings you have not required but a body you have prepared for me. And so in this wonderful, we're caught up in this wonderful communication between the two first two people, the Trinity, where the Father is referencing the Son, the eternal Son of God, as God and Lord, and the Son is responding and saying, in that context, you prepared a body for me. All of it is packaged and fits into Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born, the body prepared. Unto us a son is given, the eternal God has taken on human form. Wow, that's fascinating. So before there was creation, this plan was already in motion. Yeah. It was already understood between the Father and the Son that there would come a point in created history that, that the Son of God would, would take on a body, take on bodily form, and fulfill God's plan for redemption That's for right. the human you know, race. You know what's fascinating about that, Keith? When in, in, in Genesis chapter 3, when God is handing out the punishments right, right. for sin, he goes to the serpent and he says, um, because you have done this, you're going to crawl on your belly. And he said this, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and the woman's seed, and you will bruise his heel and he will bruise your head. Here is what I love about that. As sin entered the world, God had already made the provision and the plan as if to tell the enemy, this ain't going to end the way you think it is, right? I mean, he already had it set up right from the very beginning. We call that the, um, it's called the, the, gosh, I forgot. There, there's a theological term. It's the first messianic prophecy. Um, it's pros something. I don't know. I'll, I'll, (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll remember it. I just love that because God had this covered from second one. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. So, Pastor Steve, as we talk about the Advent, that is the first coming of Christ, you just set up wonderfully in Genesis chapter 3 how God already had the plan in motion, as Paul expounds on in, in Hebrews chapter 1, but God already had the plan in motion to thwart the the attempt of the evil one to to disrupt humanity's relationship with God through through sin. So now there's this expectation and this this cord. You know, we talk we talk about that that scarlet thread or that that cord that runs from Genesis all the way to the New Testament of expectation of the coming of the man who is the Son of God. I was talking to uh, a person the other day, and and their religious views are pretty kind of very diverse. Like they kind of had a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And they said something to me as we were talking a little bit about Jesus. They were like, well, you know, the, the Bible refers to sons of God. You know, Jesus wasn't, you know, exclusive. He was just the one that came. And and in that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit reminded me of John 3.16 of all scriptures, right? No, the difference was Jesus was the only begotten son. Mm-hmm. Like their uh, a terminology for certain angels is sons of God, right? Because they were created by God and they serve God and but but there's a distinction between the angelic beings, which which Hebrews gets into, and the exclusive Son of the Father. 
right. the only begotten. There's only one. And and through the Gospels, we understand that that Mary was the one to bear the only begotten Son of God when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. How how do we, as Christians, maybe simply address some of these objections about this this humanity and deity of Jesus all wrapped into one. Yeah, yeah. So before we before right before the break I had a, I had a mind blank. It was proto evangelium. That's yeah. the, that's the the theological term for Genesis 3 the first messianic prophecy from 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 the, from the go when sin entered the world. So so the answer Keith is um you know when we talk about the person of Christ, right, we, we do talk about a uniqueness, and the yes. uniqueness is found in what is stated here. Um, when we talk about the humanity and the deity of Christ, um, it, it's, it's a difficult thing for us to reconcile in our mind because when we think of humanity and we think of deity, there are, there are qualities that naturally separate those, yes. right? So, so when we talk about God's attributes, God has both communicable and incommunicable attributes. The communicable attributes are the ones that Romans 8, 29, he's conforming us into the image of Christ, meaning we're going to be becoming more love, more loving, more patient, more kind, all of those things that God possesses in his nature that he, that he communicates to us and we become more like them. Theosis, we're, we're becoming a, a, a partaker of the divine nature of God. But there's a difference between those communicable attributes and the incommunicable. The incommunicable attributes are the things that forever separate God from humanity. God is immutable. He's unchanging. God is eternal. He's a self-existing one. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, right? These are things that separate us from the Creator, and these are qualities that Jesus possesses in their entirety because He is eternal. So mm. when it says to us, a child is born, a son is given, the child, speaking of His humanity, Hebrews chapter 10, you've prepared a body for me. Right. The, the son, speaking of a son is given, speaking of your throne, O God, is, is forever and ever. So he combines the two in what the third, in what the fourth century Christians call the hypostatic union, where he's 100% human, 100% man, or 100% human, 100% God, and they coexist in the same person at the same time. Now, here's the magnificent about that, the magnificence about that, Keith. When we talk about the incarnation or the first advent, this is more than just, you know, a, a, a woman pregnant laying in a manger and this cute little baby. If you right. think about that, this is the eternal God ripping open eternity and the veil that, that separates time and eternity, ripping it open and putting himself into time right. into the womb of a woman. Wow. That is mind blowing. Yes, it is. You know, so, so we're talking about a unique, when we talk about the only begotten Son of God, there is a uniqueness about Christ unlike any other person. Unlike any other person and unlike any other event. Yes. There's never been an event before this and never been an event after it to compare. There was yep. only one time that the only begotten Son came into time and space as 100% human, a child, as 100% God, the only begotten Son of the Father. This is why in John chapter, I think it's 10, that the Pharisees like got on Jesus' case and were ready to stone him because he, uh, they, he, he said, for which of the good works— are you, you know, wanting to stone me? That's not for the good works. It's because you've just made yourself equal to God. You being a man have made yourself God. Right. Yeah. And he says, 
he says, well, it's your own scriptures, and he refers to the Psalms, your own scriptures that says you are God's. So why is it weird that somebody steps from the the unseen realm into the seen realm and says that there's deity involved here? Yeah. And and he's challenging them on their own theology, but what it was is that they had lost touch with the prophecies that there would be a child born who would be the son of God. And and they didn't they were not expecting his first advent. And Jesus did say for those who object. Well, Jesus never declared himself to be God. He never said he was God. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. And they knew that he did because, that, just like you said, you make yourself God. That's like right. you, you're not saying you're a God. You're not saying you have divine uh, illumination. You're actually referring to yourself in the same person as the one true God, Yahweh, the only right. Elohim. The only eternal Elohim. That's right. And so now when you when you look at the first half of verse six, it really deals with his first advent. And then it kicks in to his second advent when it talks about a child is born, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end. And the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forevermore, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. And so now it transitions into his second advent. And and I know there's different views on this, but but I'm a firm believer that there is a literal kingdom in which Jesus will rule and reign over on this earth at the point of his second coming. And and here's why I like this. Um when it says that the governments will be placed on his shoulders, that obviously didn't happen in the first advent, right? When Jesus comes back, this is going to be a very different thing, a very different thing, right? You're talking about the eternal son of God who comes back with a tattoo on his thigh and fire in his eyes and hair blazing, riding a horse, not a donkey in judgment, right? And at that point, God will put the governments of the earth upon his shoulder and all the failures of all the governments that ever existed. You look at Daniel chapter two and the image that was given of the gold and the silver and the bronze and the iron and the the clay and iron mixed and and then it says, and I saw this rock that was cut out of the side of a mountain without human hands, and it crushed all of these other, all these other governments is what, is what Nebuchadnezzar was being told by Daniel. There is a point at which God will set up a literal kingdom on earth, and the Son of God will rule and reign, and all the governments will be put on his shoulders. And we're told in Zechariah chapter 14, everyone will go up to Jerusalem year by year to worship the king. Wow. Wow. I am sure as you're listening to this, like my mind, your your mind is a little bit blown because we're supposed to be talking about Christmas and we are talking about the fiery return of Jesus Christ to come back and to rule and reign on the earth. But it all began right here with this prophecy of Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and seven being fulfilled in Matthew, in Luke, in the first century where a child was born. This 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 the most vulnerable human, a newborn infant, is born. Who would be Christ the Lord, as the angels have said? Who would be the, the, the only begotten Son of God to save the world, to reconcile humanity to God, to have that relationship with God? So as we, as we continue to talk over the next few weeks through the month of December, 
we, we want to address the topic of the Advent season because it's not just about looking back at a baby in a manger. It is looking at the cross, it is looking at the resurrection, and it is looking at our future hope, that our first hope was fulfilled in his first coming. Now our future and ultimate hope will be fulfilled in Christ's return. So this is all the time we have here. Shouts of grace, Pastor Steve. This is Pastor Keith. Hey, can you wait one week? I hope you can. We're looking forward to continuing this conversation about the coming, the advent of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.